parents, kids, and all in between. And in all those relationships, like that said, we can use a little help. Uh, and sometimes in our circles, uh, life can be chaotic. It can be stressful. What we're going to do over the next three weeks is look at how we can provide and how we can have help as we do relationships with those around us. So I hope you can uh, come for the rest of this series starting today and going through uh, the 26th. Uh, the family unit uh, is one thing that's like at the peak of popularity right now uh, in media. Uh, many shows on the, the, the big networks show some kind of family and it's very funny and you maybe can relate to some of the different shows. I know I have some of my favorites, but I want to show a clip this morning of kind of the typical family uh, relating that we see uh, in the world today. School. It's challenging, demanding, and takes a whole lot of work. And it can be hard on your kids, too. Jeez, Brick, what do you got in here? This thing weighs a ton. Well, I told you. There's been a measurable increase in workload now that I'm in third grade. It's really cutting into my reading time. Okay, chicken nuggets, piles of popsicle sticks. Oh, an ant farm. I'm sorry, ant cemetery. You got a D on your math test? You don't get Ds. Eh, what are you going to do? I'll tell you what you're going to do, Brick. You're going to study. Math is very important in life. You use math in everything. Oh, even I can't say it like I believe it. Hey. Hey, look at this. A D. Axel, get in here. This is Brick. Really? What happened, buddy? You don't get Ds. I'm going to count on you to pull up the family average. I'm reading at an eighth grade level. Why can't I please you people? Just reading isn't going to get you into college. Well, I'm not going to college. I've decided to live with you guys forever. Forever. Well, Mike, you know what this means, don't you? Oh, jeez. We're going to have to help Rick with his homework. In our house, helping with homework is something that's never gone well. Write it down. <laughs> Write it down. Why aren't you writing it down? Just write whatever you want. I don't care. It's not my homework. It's your homework. This time we're just gonna have to make it fun. Write it down. Write it down. Why aren't you writing it down? That's not how Ms. Rinsky told us to do it. Well, how did she say to do it then? I don't know. Just write it down. We're supposed to show our work. You didn't do any work. I did. You show her a picture of me. Are you sure there's not some other instructions that were sent home or something? Something you might have lost? Oh, yeah, you know what? There is. There's a big old pack of instructions with all the answers to everything we ever want to know, and I've been hiding it from you. Well, come get up! <laughs> now, see, it's funny to us, but we all know that those things happen when you're tired, when you're hungry, and it's not near as funny as they portray on TV. Uh, you've been in that position, whether you're a parent, whether your kid, just that pressure, the expectations... Uh, people have different goals for what they want from the other person. And it's easy to look and it's humorous, but when you're in the moment, man, it's, it's taxing. And there could be a lot of pressure within each of our family circles. And so what we want to do is kind of unpack uh, what are some ways that we can kind of free each other up to not want to just suck the life out of each other. And that's what we're going to be doing uh, over the next uh, few weeks. Uh, what you find in each family relationship is that we all have deep needs that we want met. 
And most of those needs can fit in the two main categories of life. That's the need to be significant and the need for security. The need to be significant and the need for security. Uh, significance is you, you want a meaning for your life. You want your life to count for something. Many times this is a deep need for men. And security is you, you want your life to be safe. Uh, you want things to be predictable. You want to know what's going to happen and when it's going to happen. A lot of times that's a deep, deep need for, for women. So this need for uh, significance and need for security is, is very important to us. What happens, though, in our family circles is we tend to look for the people that we love, the people that we relate to, whatever the relationship, we look to them to meet the needs that we have. And what you find, here's the truth about life, is unmet expectations unravel family life. If you have expectations that you have, that you're looking to your family to provide for you, it will unravel your family life. If you look to your family to get your significance, to provide meaning, to provide really your purpose for why you live, you're going to find that as you relate to them, they don't do that. Because the homework that they're supposed to do, that's going to give them the great gate that's going to make you look good, they're not doing And we can't find that significance from our kids. We can't find it from our spouses, from our friends. And as we look to people to provide that, things begin to unravel. If you look to your family for security, for this feeling that everything's going to be okay and that they're going to do everything that's needed in your life so nothing unexpected happens. As you live life, you realize that there's not that security. It doesn't exist. And it especially can't be provided by the people that we love. And so we're going to look at what do we do with these unmet expectations? I was looking at my own family life, my own circle, and I realized that I tend to do this as well. I tend to to really want significance. I want my life to count for something. I want to know at the end of my life that I did all I can to live a good life. I think that's that's deep within me. What I found is sometimes I look to get that from my wife. I look to get that from my kids. And it can happen in a variety of ways. A lot of times as men, uh, we want our significance to come from making a difference, which happens in the workplace. We think if I work really hard, if I accomplish this, if I get this promotion, if I do this, if I do that, then I'm going to get significance from all that I've accomplished at work. Sometimes what can happen is, and I know that this has been a, a struggle even for me early on marriages, there's this tendency to want to check out a family life to pursue the significance at work and through achievement. And what I noticed early on in my marriage is as I came home and as I was checked out, I came home and it was kind of chaotic. My wife just had this burden of making sure everything was perfect. And I kind of had this idea in my head that as I came home, you know, the door would open and a light would come. It's like, oh, daddy's home. You know, the kids walk. I'm like, daddy, how are you doing? How was your day? What could we do for you? And then, it, you know, I open the door and sometimes that light is not there. It's flickering. And it's like, no, daddy. And wait a second. This wasn't the picture I had in my head. And I had this expectation. This perfect family life needs to happen. But sometimes if I'm pursuing significance outside and pursuing it at work and pursuing it just on what my family can do, I find that it doesn't happen. It leads to chaos. You know, it can even, even happen as you... You know, have a relationship with your kids. I've noticed even as my kids are really young, there's a part of me as a dad that I really want them to do well. And I want them to do well for their own life. There's part of me like, I want them to do well because that makes me look good. 
And even as they're walking, if they're like late walkers, you're thinking, come on, you need to up the game. Let's do some calf raises. Come on. Do a little stretching. You know, crawl a little bit. Let's get those muscles. You've got to be walking. You've got to be running because you've got to be good at sports. And the problem is with my kids, if they hope to be good at sports, they're in trouble. Because I'm the Rudy of all sports. I have no skill, but I have a lot of heart. But even that, I want my kids, you don't give up. You don't give up. You try your best. And even at early, early ages, I relate to my kids. I realize there's a part of me that makes me feel good when my kids do good. And you know what? I like it when it makes me look good. That's just intertwined to that, that need that I have, that need for significance. And as I look to this family that I want my wife to create when I'm not there and to come home and experience and kind of how my kids should be reaching certain goals, all this kind of relates to sometimes a need that I have to be significant. And without realizing, I can put a lot of pressure on the ones that I care about the most because of this, this deep need that I have. So that's my part of the story. Welcome to my family circle. This morning, I actually wanted to invite my wife to come up and really share kind of how has this idea of expectation looked in her life. And she's coming up right now. Uh, this is my wife, Samantha. We've never done this before. This is a little interview with my wife. Uh, we have been married next month. will be 11 years. And always when I'm up here, I give my side of the story. So this time, it's my time to step back and she can give her side. So Sam, uh, why don't you, uh, this is Samantha Barrett. Why don't you introduce a little bit about our kids, our family unit, and then uh, share to the crew a little bit about how expectations has kind of been wired in and to just how you try to experience family life as well. Okay. Um, we have three kids. Katie is six. Levi is four. And Jude is one and a half. Um, and I definitely have a need for security. Um, I, I think my deepest fear in becoming a wife and then especially a mother um, is that I'm going to get ripped off. Um, naturally, the role of, of mother is a very sacrificial one. And um, I, I want to make sure that I'm going to be taken care of and that my needs are going to be met. And so I think my, my fear is always that um, as I choose to serve, I'm going to get ripped off. And I'm, I'm just going to spend my whole life serving others. And I'm not going to get served in return. I'm not going to get free time. I'm not going to get refreshment. Um, and ultimately that at the end of the day, that's not going to be enough for me. That, um, the, the purpose isn't of, of being a mom and of serving um, isn't going to be enough. Do you want me to share how I do that? Yeah, how has that, as you kind of dealt with that, just, uh-oh, what's going to happen to me? How, how has that affected the relationship within your family circle? Um, so how that looks um, in my specific family is... I think I thought to myself, well, if my job is to serve you, then you better make my job as easy as possible. And so <laughs> that's kind of how I approached life. Um, you know, toward my husband, it's like, you better make sure that you give me time off. And, you know, I, I, I would tend to want to demand that from him. Um, and also, help. You know, I know you've been at work all day, but my job is 24-7 because I'm staying home with these kids. And so I need you to help me, um, you know, do the dishes, clean the house, take care of this, take care of that. Um, and then for my kids, um, I, want, I didn't want them to make my job harder, which 
for those of you who've had young kids, know that that's a ridiculous expectation. <laughs> that's what they're there for, to create more work for you. And so um, I noticed that I, I would get mad at them just for being kids. Um, you know, I just cleaned the kitchen, and then they went and had a snack and made a mess of the whole kitchen, and I'm irritated. Or I just sat down, you know, I'm going to check my email, or I'm going to just have some downtime, and right then they need something from me. And so um, instead of serving them and, you know, just being gracious, I get irritated, and then I react harshly. Um, and so the atmosphere of the, of the home when I choose to do that is it's a negative one. It's not fun. Um, my husband and the kids, they're, you know, they're walking on eggshells when, you know, I'm in one of my moods trying to figure, okay, what, what do we need to do to, you know, not make mommy blow up at us or get mad at us or, um, and then, and then I feel guilty about it. That it's a yucky feeling for me too. Um, and, you know, ultimately I'm not happy about it. So. All right. Thank you. you can put that back. Uh, Sam is going to come up and share a little bit later. Uh, but one thing I've, I've learned about moms is, and something I really appreciate about my wife is, is there's never a part in which you do, you know, punch the time card and you're not a mom, right? Uh, I leave and I get to go to work and uh, I come home and my wife, she's been there the whole day. And so I, I really appreciate the investment that she's made in, in our family. She's going to share a little bit later of, of kind of facing what she just shared. What, what does God do to, what has God done to, to come through? her and so look forward to, to hearing that but as as you experience life in your family circle there, there's a part of this that goes on in each dynamic uh, your kids have certain needs that they want you to meet for them and the younger that they are you you need to meet those needs that's part of the role that you have as a mother or as a father but what tends to happen is if we're not careful the family unit can exist for really like i mentioned earlier to just to suck the life out of each other without realizing that it's an impossible journey to just try to meet completely the needs of those people that you relate to. It, it can't happen. And really the picture of this in a family circle is picture two people in a boat and the boat's taking on water and each person has a bucket and they reach into the boat that's taking water, fill their bucket up. And instead of dumping it over the side of the boat, they dump it on the other person's side and they just take the bucket and they just and the boat begins to kind of fill up with more water, fill up with more water, and, and it sinks. Well, in family life, a lot of times our buckets are our expectations. We have all these expectations that we all want within our circle. And instead of dumping them outside, we tend to just dump them on each other. And before we know it, it's sunk. Our, there we go. Our family life is sunk. And that's the picture. We have these buckets, all these things that we want, all these things that we desire, all these things that we need. But we can't dump them on each other. It, the relationships can't handle it. it. It begins to sink. Uh, Rick Warren, who is the pastor of Saddleback Church, and he's uh, the author of The Purpose Driven Life, had a, a great impact. Uh, he tweeted this a, a while back, which I thought was helpful. He says, if you expect anyone to meet an emotional need, only God can meet you set them up for failure and yourself up for disappointment. I've really found that that is true. If you have your bucket and you decide that this person, they are going to take off every single thing that I have in this bucket. They're going to relieve me of this pressure. They're going to take that on. You end up being disappointed because they, they can't. They can't fulfill 
the expectations and the deep needs that we have. And so I want to walk through, what are we supposed to do? As we experience this frustration, as we realize that it's very difficult and impossible, really, to allow our family to meet our deepest needs, what are we supposed to do? Because these expectations are there, these needs are there, and what do we do? Well, we have to turn around. We have to turn the ship around and, and go in a different direction. And that happens by turning to God when your expectations aren't met. Even today, I'm sure that you had a picture of how you thought something would go. And it didn't go that way. You had an expectation. It didn't meet the idea that you had. So what do you do when that happens, when the disappointment's there, when the anger's there? Well, you turn to God. And I want to read really helpful verses from the book of Lamentations, as written by Jeremiah. Uh, He wrote this in a season of his life. This was around 585 BC, a season of his life where he experienced so much pain and turmoil. And uh, in this book, it's described what's happened. He's been through bitter disappointment. Uh, his friends were laughing at him. He described his life as teeth on the gravel. Like his life is just scraping at the gravel. There's no joy in it at all. And this is the description. And he writes this, a lament. And that, that really is this, this picture of just this cry out when you experience life, when it just doesn't go how you thought it would. And, uh, in these verses, he, he takes kind of all these experience, all this negative, all this pain... And he decides to do something with it. And I want to read in, in chapter 3, 21 through 24. And this is what he says. But this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. So no matter what that Jeremiah faced, you find that he turned to God in the moment. Instead of focusing on his loss, he focused on the hope that he had. And we're all there. There's all loss that we have from maybe where we are presently in our life, from maybe the things that have happened in our past. There's just part of us which we experience loss the same way Jeremiah did. Instead of focusing on the loss, he focused on the hope that's found in God. He put his hope in him. And he rehearsed before God what what God provides for those that seek him in the midst of failed expectations, failed accomplishments, these needs that we have that are fine empty. And he, he looked at the steadfast love of God, something that doesn't change. He looked at the fact that his mercies never end. We all need mercy because we fail. And he looked to that. He looked to the, the faithfulness that, that God gives that is great, that, that no one can compare to. So in the midst of all these things and the pain that he's facing, he, he looked to God to provide this. He also said this in that passage, the Lord is my portion. That, that really is, he's, he's my inheritance. He's, he's my piece of the pie. He's, he's all that I need. I had a different picture of what was going to happen. You hear Jeremiah saying that I didn't think that my life would be like my teeth scraping on the gravel. That's not the picture I wanted when I was a kid. But that's what I'm experiencing. And he looks to God and he says, you know, but you're my portion. You're all that I need. No one else can give me what I need. Many times in in family life, when somebody dies, there's an idea of the portion that they left, their inheritance that they left, it's divided among the family. And that could become a a huge point of contention in any family. I've witnessed this firsthand. People trying to figure out what they're going to get or what they're going to get. And there's fighting that happens. There's this idea that when this person dies, this portion, this inheritance is going to provide a great 
benefit to your life. What Jeremiah is saying is it's not about the inheritance that you get from others. It's the fact that God gives you a portion which far outweighs any material possession, any success, any need for security that you have. The Lord provides that. That's what the Lord has in his in his portion. And so he decides, I, I will hope in God. He is my portion. I will look to him. You know, as I've looked at that, just as I've dealt with this idea of being significant, making a difference. You know, I found when I look to God for my significance and not in what I do or what the people do around me that I think will make me look good. When I look to God, I find that it actually gives me exactly what I need. Because if I look to God for my significance, he is the God that shows me what really matters. He's the God that kind of sifts through the things that I have in my heart that are good, things that are bad. And he kind of shows me this is the picture of the life that you need to live my way. And as I do that, I find that I get greater significance than trying to suck that out of anyone that I'm relating to. And so with my relationship with my wife, I realized that there's no part where I can check out family life to pursue something else. God's given me great responsibility to lead my wife, great responsibility to raise my kids. And when I'm invested and when I make swings at just trying to be the best dad that I can, and I mess up a lot, but when I'm involved and when I'm in the game, I find that my kids' needs get met and the family life comes so much better. And in my marriage, when I realized that I can't have my wife provide the significance for me, she can't do that. That's too much pressure. No one can do that. And I find in our marriage, we're free to relate to each other without just all these expectations that she may know, that she may not know. And we can relate knowing that she can't meet every need that I have. That's, that's God's job. He's given me a great helper, but her alone, she can't do everything that I need. And when I realize that, it takes tremendous pressure off of our marriage and creates a sweeter family life that our kids experience as well. This is what happens when our expectations aren't met, when we get perspective from God, life goes about differently. So I want to invite Sam back up to share how this has looked in, in her life as she has looked to God as well. So, and if you could share just as you've experienced kind of that tension, uh, how have you experienced uh, security and, and maybe the refreshment that you talked about as you've Look to God. Yeah, um, God has really been a big hope to me and a big help um, as I've really tried to work on my parenting. Um, I, I do feel like a failure a lot as a mom. Um, I've, I never realized how selfish I was until I became a mom. And um, it just really gave me a true picture of who I am without God. And so um, there's been a couple of really big perspective shifts that God has given to me as I've really been consistent to spend time in his word. Um, and the first one was realizing that God marks time by opportunity and not by hours and days, which is the way that I want to mark time. Um, I feel like I earn my time off. I put in this many hours. This is what I deserve in return. But God provides opportunities that I can either grab hold of or I can let them pass and miss out on them. And through that, he has actually provided several opportunities for amazing refreshment that I could have never dreamed up. And um, they were a surprise to me, so it wasn't something that I demanded or even thought of. Um, 
And then through that, the gratitude was was so much deeper. You know, I my husband would would work hard to make it work out for me. And so then instead of just okay, yeah, fine, he he did what I wanted him to do. Um, I got to see his sacrifice to give me refreshment as for what it was, an, an act of love and um, appreciation for me. And so it just completely changes. Um, it, it, it changed the way I received it. And then, I, you know, in response, I, I show him gratitude and love. Um, and then also just an, an understanding opportunity that God also gives opportunity to be a part of a great work. And it means hard work. Uh, without breaks and but realizing if I realize that that's an opportunity it's not going to be the rest of my life and it's you know God promises that if you uh, if you take advantage of the opportunities that he presents he will bring good from it and so even just having that perspective um, has even changed the way that I approach the times when I do just have to work hard or when the kids are going through a really hard phase and it's it's you know we have to buckle down and get after it and it's draining um it just provides a totally different perspective. And then the last pers- perspective shift that, that God's really been showing me in the last couple of years is um, he's allowed me to see how much he values family, family life and parenting um, and, and mothers. Um, the Bible says that children are one of God's gifts. And so the fact that he's entrusted me with three children uh, means he's blessed me greatly. And um, it's a privilege to get to help raise the next godly generation. Um, and there's, there's a lot of worth and honor in that. And so especially since we, we decided that I would stay home to raise our kids, um, understanding God's perspective and, and kind of not believing what the culture is saying um, about motherhood and raising children, um, it's allowed me to really find value and worth and to, and to really find joy even in the mundane things that I have to do as a mom. So it's been really helpful. Okay, great. Thanks. Let's give her a hand. My wife is an introvert, and so this wasn't probably the exact Mother's Day gift that she would have hoped to, but I really appreciate her perspective. Had a little moment there. Who saw? Got past it. All right. We're going to move ahead. But something that Sam mentioned, which, which is so true, uh, what tends to happen is as you're really looking for just how things are going to happen, there's this part of you that you think, is, it, is life going to be like this the whole time? And what God does is he provides different ways that he meets the needs that we have. A lot of times it happens by spending time with him. And so if you, if you don't have a regular time with God, when, whatever time of the day that is, however you do it, you're missing out on opportunities where God's refreshing, God provides perspective, God gives you the help that you really need. And so that time with God, I know in, in my life and my wife's life, has been crucial as we try to sort this out, as we try to move past putting the expectations on each other and looking to God, you know, our time with God greatly helps that. The other thing that God does is as you cry out to Him, just like Jeremiah did, you, you find that He actually gives people at the right time that give you the perspective that you need. I've seen that again and again in my life as I've been down, frustrated with myself, thinking that I'm a failure, thinking that I'm really not doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Uh, He brings someone along that encourages me, that challenges me. And I find that 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 gives me so much 
hope in the moment as God, God wires that together. And so wanted to wrap up the message by looking at uh, some key scriptures that, that we have in the Bible that gives us how do we move from just expectations to actually serving those around us. Because as you set your heart to meet the needs of others, that's where your family circle really begins to bless all those around. And so I want to dig into uh, some verses in the book of Ephesians. And uh, in, in these verses, there's some kind of parameters for how we're supposed to treat each other uh, in our different family circles. And this, if, if you're not married or you don't have kids, uh, this still applies as just some general principles. And so I wanted to, to close out by looking at specific roles, but also to draw out some of the principles within it. And so here, here are some ways that you can meet uh, the needs of others. If you're, if you're married, husbands and wives, Ephesians 5.33 says this. However, let each one of you love his wife as himself and let the wife see that she respects her husband. And so if as a husband you, wife, you love your wife sacrificially, you sacrifice on her behalf, you actually help meet that need of security that she has. She's trusting God, but as she follows you, she knows that that you're, you're going to take care of her. You're going to do all that you can to sacrifice on her behalf. The second part of that talks about the wife's role of, of respect. If, if the wife can respect her husband, show him that she appreciates his leadership, that she appreciates the fact that he sacrifices for the family, then that actually meets the need of significance that many men have as well. And so the sacrificial love and this respect work hand in hand together. And it really sweetens... Uh, marriage life, it also sweetens the relationships that you have, regardless if you're married. If you love those around you in a sacrificial way, how much greater are those relationships? If you respect those around you by listening to them, by actually caring about what's going on in their life, by not demeaning them or putting them down, how much sweeter are those relationships? It really cuts across so many different roles. Also, there's parameters for children. And if you're going to see your, your mom today, uh, here's some good parameters for us as well. It says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment. Uh, this is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. And so, kids, you need to honor your parents. And so, if you have parents like I do, like we all do, uh, if, if they're still alive, we have a great opportunity to, to honor them. And that means that, that we recognize the place that they played in our life, the investment that they made, the sacrifices that they made, the fact that they, they tried their best. And that looks differently to different people, but this, this honoring is linked to a long life. And so there's this, this crucial aspect. As you relate to, to the people that raised you, your parents, honoring them, it, it really does. It, it pleases God. So that's an important uh, guideline to keep in mind. And then parents... Uh, Ephesians 6 4 says this Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. This is a way you can meet the needs of your kids, that, that you, you bring them up. There's this there's warm relationship that's specific to fathers, that you're supposed to uh, relate to your kids in a way that they, they feel loved. Not only loved, but that they, they, they're liked. They know that you like them, you value them. You want to listen to them. You want to help them with their goals and with their needs. The same is true for mothers. As you do this, your kids, they, they want to relate to you. Not just now, because they have to, because they live with you and you buy their groceries. 
But if this is the atmosphere of your home, they, they actually want to relate to you on in life when they're independent, when they have freedom. And so this sacrificial love, this respect, this honor, and this idea of this warm relating to each other, all this is what God does as we look to him. He meets our needs and then he frees us up to meet the needs of others. This is really the picture of what it means to follow Christ. As we do life his way, on his road, on his path, according to his commands, you find that he gives us all that we need and at the same time frees us up to love others in a way that really greatly meets their needs as well. And so this is, this is the beautiful picture of what it means to follow Christ. And there's a, another truth in closing, and that is set your hearts to bless others and you will be blessed. If you set your hearts to bless those around you, God, God will bless you. And Proverbs 11:25 says, whoever brings blessing will be enriched. The one who waters will himself be watered. So there's this part of, as you're just thinking, okay, I've, I've given too much here. I've sacrificed too much. I need some for myself. I'm exhausted. I'm tired. I can't do this anymore. Why does this person expect this from me? My kids, why do they always want this? And my husband and my wife, there's this part where the, you look to God, he meets your needs. You, you realize that you can pour this stuff out of you because God refills. You can continue to pour it out. He refills day after day. He refills you. That's what God does as, as we do life his way. So I encourage you, think about the different relationships that you have. You think, is, is there some steps that you could take, even today, where you can decide to be a refreshment to those around you? It could be your kids. It could be your spouse. It could be a roommate. It could be a friend. But maybe take a step back from all the things, from all the goals that you have going on in your, in your head right now, in your life, and think through, how can you be a refreshment to those around you? I promise you, as you do that, as you look to others' needs, God, God will meet yours. And so I, I encourage you to do that. As the band comes up and gets ready to lead us in our next song, I wanted to walk through uh, some next steps that you can take. And uh, these next steps are really designed to help us do what the Bible says. As you dig into the scriptures, you find that that's where uh, life hums, really. That's where the blessed life is, is in the doing of the word, not just the hearing of it. And so I encourage you on that connection card that Ben had you fill out, uh, continue to fill that out if you've not yet. And on the back side of the card, uh, there's some next steps that you can take. So I encourage you to check one that you want to take this week. Uh, leave that in the offering as that comes by. And uh, we'd love to pray for you this week as, as you do that. So the first one is to memorize Proverbs 11:25, that passage that I just read. Uh, the second is also what I mentioned. Pick a family member to refresh, someone in your circle that you can refresh today. Uh, another thing is maybe you want to attend the rest of this series. Decide to come back. And maybe you want to invite a family member or a friend as well. So I encourage you to do that. And the last three are some steps that you can take as you relate to Church in the Valley. Uh, if you want to attend the parenting seminar, uh, this is going to kind of dig in further to how, how do you live this life in a way as you relate to your kids. And it's going to kind of be more specific, more in-depth. And so uh, we'd love to have you uh, attend that as well. And the last thing is the Church in the Valley preview that Ben mentioned. So go ahead and mark one of those next steps. And we're going to be receiving our offerings, and you can drop that in there. Let's pray together. God, thank you so much for the fact that you are a God that that meets our needs. Uh, You've made us, and so you know exactly what we want. And uh, we we don't want to unload 
our big bucket of expectations and of needs on the people around us. They can't carry it. Uh, it's not right. And we end up getting disappointed. They end up getting burdened. And so, God, we look to you and, and ask that you'll show us if there's any expectations that we have for anyone that we're relating to. And help us to shift and pivot from putting it on that person and to look to you. Uh, you are the one that gives us security. You are the one that gives us significance. And that's found in you alone. I truly believe that. So we look to you and ask for your help as we take steps uh, to relying on you more in the moment. In the name of Lord Jesus Christ, amen.